Good morning. Welcome as we come to worship our God. Welcome if you're here for the very first time or you're a visitor amongst us. Welcome if you come here every Sunday. It's good to come and worship God together. And welcome if you're joining us online. We're going to start with a few verses from Psalm 61. No, Psalm 62. A few verses from Psalm 62. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And what a way to live our life, isn't it? With God as our refuge and as our salvation. And every day as we get up, every day as we look around at the sun, and every night time as we see the stars, creation reminds us, reminds us of how great God is. And that leads us into our first song, Our first hymn, which is, Creation sings the Father's song. He calls the sun to wake the dawn and run the course of day. Let's stand as the music starts.
shall we bow our heads as we come to that God, to that King, and to our Creator. Almighty God, we come into your presence asking for your help, praying that you would be with us, praying your Holy Spirit would be amongst us, acknowledging that not only are you are our God, but that you are our King, that you are our Creator, and that for some of us, you are our Father. And we thank you. We thank you for the willingness of your Son, the Lord Jesus, to leave the perfection of heaven, to come down onto this earth, to be humiliated, to be spat on, to subject himself to the actions of sinful man to the extent that he was willing to let them take his life. And in doing so, he, he brought into that great salvation plan. He brought it to the point where he was then taking the sin, the punishment, for all those who would look on him and ask for forgiveness, all those who would trust and believe in him. And Lord, we pray that as he then rose again, as he then is now in heaven, seated at your right hand, that any of us who do not know him as their saviour, perhaps today, Lord God, you would be merciful, you would be gracious to them. Lord, that you would speak to them, that you would help them to understand and see the effect that sin has on their life, the way that it has broken the relationship between them and you. We pray the Holy Spirit would be convicting and converting. And Lord, those of us who do know you as our Saviour, those of us who believe and trust in you, those of us who can call you our Father, we pray that in our lives you will be with us constantly. We pray that our hearts, our ears, our minds would be open to you teaching us, to making us wise and giving us understanding as we live in a sinful world. And Lord, we pray that as you teach us, as you give us wisdom, that we would live our lives in a way that pleases you, Lord, in a way that serves you as our God and King. We're aware as we pray that how difficult that is in a simple life. But we, we pray that as you are almighty, as you are all-powerful, that you would strengthen us and enable us in life's troubles. And Lord, to serve you and to follow you. Lord, even to the point that as we're going through them, Lord, we are doing so with joy because of your strengthening power. We pray also, Lord God, for a thankful spirit. As you give us many good things, may we never take things for granted, or we assume, but we realise that it all comes uh, from you. And we thank you that you have gone to heaven, you've gone to prepare that place which is far better, where there is no sin, where there is no crying, and one day all of those, all of us who know you as our Father, will be there worshipping and praising you without the effects of sin. And we look forward to that day. But again, we pray for those who do not 
know you who do not have that hope to look forward to, that you would speak to them. Lord, we ask that you would be with us as we go through life. We pray for those who have concerns, whether they be with circumstances in life, whether they be with illness, whether they be with mental strains. We ask that you would be with them, that they would look to you for strength and for comfort and for help in dealing uh, with those troubles. Lord, we want to commit to you our King and our government at this time, at this time of change. Lord, we ask that they would look to you for wisdom, that they would look to you for help and understanding. Lord, when we pray that, we pray that you would give us the faith, Lord, to believe what we're praying because we are doubtful. But we know, Lord, King Nebuchadnezzar was changed to come to you and serve you as the great God. We ask that you would change them and that you would be with any in Parliament, any MPs, any of those staff who are serving there. Lord, we pray that they would have an impact for good, Lord, in their working life and as they live amongst the government. Lord God, we, uh, we bring James and Rachel before you. We pray for them as they've returned to Cyprus and ask that you be with them as they serve you there. We pray that they would see souls saved, that they would see people brought into your kingdom. We ask that they would see fruit from their labours uh, for you. We also remember uh, our locality here as we reach out to those round about us. We ask you to bless the work of a Sunday school and rooted that has already happened this morning. We pray for first steps and for first Tuesdays. Lord God, as your word impacts people's lives, we pray that it would be for good, that there would be a conviction from the Holy Spirit and lives would be changed to follow you. We pray for the Christianity Explored course and ask, Lord, that you would be working in their lives, that you would be teaching them, Lord, and bringing them into your family. Lord, we also remember our prisons up and down this country. We pray for those who are prisoners. Lord, we're so thankful that whilst they are serving a penalty for the crimes they've committed, Lord, there's no crime that is too great that you cannot forgive. And we're so grateful that those prison walls, whilst it keeps them in, cannot keep you out. We ask that they would come to know you as they have time that they would read the pamphlets, that they would time to read God's word, that they would make the effort to go to opportunities to meet, either on a Sunday or during the week. And we pray that you would work mightily in the prisons and your saving arm would be working there. We commit to you this Tuesday as well. We pray for Wes as he comes down to the men's event. We pray that as men we would be encouraged and we'd be enthused to speak to those round about us about you. Lord, whether that's in our families, whether that's our neighbours, whether that's our work colleagues. And we pray for opportunities to be able to talk to them about you. Lord God, we uh, commit John to you now. We ask that in a short while when he comes to bring your word to 
us that you would be with him. Lord, that the word would change our lives and had an impact for good in the way that we live our lives. So teach us, we pray, in your name. Amen. We're going to sing our our next song, which is Abide With Me. And this is also a prayer, isn't it? So as we're singing, may we be praying this to our God, that he would be with us as we go through this life. Let's stand as the music
it's uh, time for the children's talk, so if uh, you'd like to come down the front, that'd be great. space here, a little space there. It's great to see you all. Now, a question for you. Do you like being woken up? No, I've got lots of shaking of heads. Uh, don't I? Especially when you're nicely asleep. Well, I'm going to tell you about somebody who got woken up. He didn't just get woken up once. Not two times, not three times. He got woken up four times just as he was going off to sleep. Can you imagine how annoying that might be for you? But this was a very special occasion. Now, he was a bit older than some of you, perhaps a bit younger than some of the rest of you. And he had a job. He was looking after a man called Eli. He was helping him out. Now, has anyone got any idea who this young man's name might have been? No. no. Well, he was called Samuel. And he was just going off to sleep when he heard a voice going, Samuel, Samuel. So he got up and went to Eli and said, you called me. Eli said, no, nope, wasn't me. Go back to sleep. And he heard the voice again, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he didn't roll over and go back to sleep. He got up and said to Eli, you called me. And Eli said, nope, wasn't me. Go back and lie down. He heard the voice again, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he went to Eli again. Now, by now, Eli had worked out that something unusual was going on. So Eli said, go back and lie down and then when you hear the voice again, this is what you're to say. I'll give you the words. So Samuel went and lay down. He heard the voice again saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he said exactly what Eli had told him to. Now, I need three volunteers. Right, River, you come up here. You'll be my first volunteer. Yes, well. Now, I want you to keep yours hidden at the moment. You come to the third one. And you go to that side of it. Right. Keep you, you to keep yours hidden. Now, River, can you show the others what's on your piece of paper? Now, that's the wrong way round. They're going to have to have a look at it that way. That's it. Now, can someone read that for us? Go on, Finn. So the first thing that Samuel was to say to this person speaking to him was, speak, Lord. It was God who was speaking to him. Now, can you turn yours one? I hope I've got it in the right order. Someone else read that. Please come in. I am your servant. So speak, Lord. I am your servant. And that's really important because... It would be really a bit rude to say to God, speak, Lord, 
but I'm not really interested in what you've got to say. And can we turn over the last one? Go on then, Annie. So, speak, Lord. I am your servant, and I am listening. Now, how good are your memories? If I was to ask you to say that, all of that, with these bits hidden, do you think you could do that? Half of you. Right, I tell you what, you go and sit down, we'll hide your one. You stay here, River, that's great, because they might need to read yours still. Right, okay, let's try it then. All together, what does it say? Well, about half of you got it, so let's all try it again. Let's have it nice and loud so the people at the back can hear, because some of them aren't very good at hearing. So let's try again. Now, do you reckon you can do it without these two as well? Yeah, Yeah, okay, great. You can go and sit down, and I want to see it. I'll tell you what. That's it. You go over. That's lovely. I'll tell you what. I want you to see if you can do it so loud that the people in the restroom out the back there, looking after the really young ones, can hear. Okay, so that's a bit nice and loud. Brilliant. You did that really, really well. Now, we don't normally have God speaking to us in dreams. Didn't normally happen in Samuel's day. But do you know what? We hear God every time we hear from the Bible. So, we're going to pray now. And I want you to see what God is going to say to you as we read the Bible in a few minutes, see what he's going to say to you. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you we can pray to you. And we pray now, speak, Lord. We are your servants, each one of us, and we are listening. Oh Lord, we pray that you will help us to hear what you've got to say. Amen. So what was the one we did again? What to say? Got it. Yes, speak, Lord. What's next? And brilliant. Thanks a lot. Go and sit down now. Sometimes the messages to the children aren't just for the children, are they? They're for all of us. But we're going to um, turn and read in Colossians. So we've started a, a new series on Colossians, and this is our, our second week. Colossians 1, we're going to read verses 1 through to 14. John preached on the, the first few verses last week, and he's preaching from verses 9 to 14 this week. So Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And John's going to come and preach to us that prayer after our, our next hymn, which is, Fill my life, fill my life, O Lord my God, in every part with praise, that my whole being may proclaim your being and your ways. Let's stand and sing.
Well, just before we get on to our passage, I don't know what the 5th of November makes you think of. I imagine probably the fireworks, and we have fireworks here as a Sunday school. We're looking forward to that, and some people help set up during the day, and we're grateful for that. Uh, but there was another thing also this week, this year, on the 5th of November, which hopefully doesn't involve fireworks, and that's the Sussex Gospel Partnership Conference, annual conference. They have it each year, but there are two things that are a bit different this year. One is it's very local. The venue is at All Saints in Crowborough. And two, it is very topical. It's called God's Better Story. And uh, the subtitle gives it away for a world wrestling with identity, sexuality and gender. Uh, The main speaker is from an organisation called Living Out, which is a a Bible-based organisation where the speaker's got a lot of experience and understanding of issues involving um, same-sex attraction and transgender issues, but which are committed uh, to God's word, to the Bible, in their understanding and in their lifestyle. There's seminars as well for the day. Um, There's four seminars. One is called Telling Our Children God's Better Story, Another one is on trans-identifying teens. Another one is on the church and same-sex attracted people. So it could be a very interesting and helpful day. It's such a topical issue and um, it's good to have uh, speakers speaking into it who are clear on the Bible and yet also compassionate and understanding. So uh, there are leaflets available Obviously, locks can't make a Saturday, we understand that, but it might be interesting to some. There are actually children and youth tracks as well, so just because you've got family doesn't count you out. It's still something you can consider. You need to book within the next four weeks if you want to go, and we'll leave that to you, so take a leaflet and pursue it if you want to. But I thought it would be good to just make you aware of it, and if you can't make it, maybe you might want to tap into some of the talks at a, a later date. Notice done, into our passage, if you've got Bibles from the church, it's page 983, but some of you I know follow in your own Bibles or on an app or something. And our title this morning is What I'm Praying for You. The original title on the the bulletin which goes out, incidentally if you don't get a bulletin emailed out and you'd like one, just speak to one of the stewards, they'll pass it on to the right person, little bulletin that gets emailed out Saturday night. But my original title, if you notice, was What I'm Praying for Alex. What I'm Praying for Alex. Uh, I thought perhaps it was a bit random in the end, seemed good on Friday, but I've changed it by the time I got to Sunday morning. But the the aim is to get us thinking very uh, clearly about what we pray for people. So I'm still going to use it as a way in what I'm praying for Alex. So for Alex, insert um, a name of a Christian friend or in your home group, family member that you pray for who is a Christian. What do you pray for Alex? What I'm praying for Alex. Um, I suspect it could be Uh, God bless Alex. It could be um, help Alex. He's going through a very difficult patch of work. 
or it could be help Alex, she's, that's why I picked Alex, could go both ways, you see, help Alex, she's got health tests coming up. And that's all good. But is that all we want for Alex, our Christian friend? Our prayers express our, our desires, our wants, our priorities for him or her. And is that it? Uh, last time when we started off Colossian, it was uh, framed, our passage was framed in thanksgiving. We were especially on verses 3 to 8 and, God, and Paul was thanking God for how the gospel had come to the Colossians, how it had changed them and how God had given them faith and love and hope. Uh, this week our passage is framed, if you like, with prayer. It is framed with prayer, verses 9 to 14 of Colossians 1. In fact, although he's never seen them, these Colossian believers, he can't stop praying for them. Verse 9 starts, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. He's not saying he prays for them every minute, but he's persistent in his prayers. Some here on Thursday reminded of the great value of persistence in prayers and it made me link to Paul we'll be looking at this morning who doesn't stop in his praying for the Colossians unlike us who so easily sort of just fade out in our prayers. And so what we have here is what Paul prays for these Christians at Colossae. And it's going to be good to look through it. He spells out what he prays for them. Why does he do that? After he's told God, does he need to tell them as well? How will it help them to know what he prays for them? Well, it gives them a good idea of what to pray for others, for Alex or the equivalent. That's certainly true. But more than that, he's getting them to think about what they need for themselves. So if somebody perhaps comes to you and says, I'm praying for you that you'll get on better with your brother, you'd know what they were thinking about. You'd know what they thought was an important issue for you. I guess you'd go away uh, thinking through that I guess you might start praying about it for yourself. It might start making you a bit more sensitive as well about what other people's relationship are with their siblings and you might start praying for them. And so as Paul tells these Colossians what he's praying for them, he's also getting to think about what they need and what's important for them and what's important for others around them who are Christians. So we're going to look through this prayer this morning and just to say, I found it really helpful this week. I've looked at this prayer before, but you know, I've been, I've, it's, it's, it's helped me with my prayer. I've been praying for people this week differently and I hope I will onwards from here and I hope it helped you as we go through it. We're going to look through it. I mean, it's geared, I think, in a way to their particular situation and the false teachers, but we're not going to go down that avenue too much. It's a great prayer for all Christians, for new Christians, for old Christians. And we're going to divide it in two. 
We're going to, there's different parts to each, but we're going to divide it firstly in what he's praying for or what he wants for them in life's direction, in the general pattern of life. This is the first couple of verses, verses 9 and 10. And you'll notice that the prayers are very expansive. They're, they're big prayers. They've got big things in mind. We'll see that as we go through. But within this, he is praying for them to choose wisely. So, verse 9, And so, from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He wants them to know what to do through life. He wants them to be discerning in their choices. Now, a week or two ago, um, I was uh, walking with James Swanson. We went for a nice walk local to here. And uh, we just started on our walk. And uh, to our right, there was some very impressive mushroom-like um, things, fungi, toadstools. And uh, they looked very attractive. And uh, we stopped and looked at them a little bit. And do you think we picked them up and had a nibble or, or took them home and put them in a, a salad later that day? We know nothing about toadstools or mushrooms so we weren't, we weren't discerning. We, we couldn't choose what would be good or not. They might have been lovely mushrooms, but and coming home yesterday, I checked. I thought, well, I have a little look on on the web um, to see about UK's poisonous mushrooms. And I've come these pictures of the top seven, and they're ones that seem very like ones that have been in my garden actually. And the names: oh, deadly webcap, death cap, destroying angel. Funeral bell. You need to be discerning with fungi, with mushrooms, with toadstools. And in life, we need to be discerning. And we don't always get the option to walk away. We have to make choices and pick things. And Paul is saying of these Christians, he wants them to know what to pick and what to avoid. He wants them to be wise in knowing God's will. He wants them to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We have to choose in life. Uh, we, have to, we choose friends. We choose words. We choose what we spend money on. We choose what we watch. We choose attitudes towards our family and attitudes towards others. We pick routines and patterns of life. And he is saying, I want your choices to be filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, there's an expansiveness, there's a bigness. He wants them to be filled with. It seems as though at Colossae, one of the influences of bad teaching that's coming on was a, a sort of fullness teaching. And he's saying, well, I want you to be full but what I want you to be filled with is wisdom, spiritual understanding, discernment to make the right choices in everyday life. So, some have gone off to college, gone back to college in recent weeks, gone off to college for the first time. What a great prayer this is for them. 
They might be filled with uh, wisdom and spiritual understanding to make good choices. But you don't have to leave Crowbra for this to be an issue. Every day for all of us, choose wisely. It's a good thing to pray for. It's a good thing to want. Uh, The next one's under this part of life's direction. They, They follow on. So verse 10 starts with a soas. And uh, we'll link the next two together and call them walk worthy. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. What does this mean, walk worthy? Well, walk here is your way of life, the way you live. And worthy is talking about being fitting, being in line with, being sort of in keeping with the Lord that you serve. Live in a way which is in keeping with the name of God. So, let's imagine um, some school children and they're in year six and they're causing trouble after school on Queen's Road near Chapel Green. They're vandalising some gardens. Now, because it's on Queen's Road near Chapel Green, actually could have been one of three local schools, probably, unless they've been sort of shipped in to cause trouble. Okay, it's one of three local schools. And their school uniform gives it away, which is the three schools they're from. Firma, St Mary's, Ashdown. And the head teacher finds out from their school. You can imagine assembly the next morning view of it. This is below the standards we expect from our school. Somebody wearing our uniform does not behave like that to members of the community. We're ashamed of the way in which you have behaved. You're not walking worthy of the name of our school and of the uniform you wear. And Paul is saying, I want you to walk worthy. I don't want there to be a clash I don't want your behaviour to betray the gospel. I want the way you live and are around to be in keeping with the fact that you serve the Lord Jesus Christ who is such a wonderful person to live for and serve. I want your Monday to Saturday to match your Sunday. I was heartened this week. I'm on some... uh, local social media app. I'm not on many social media apps, but I'm on one. And uh, things come up, they ask questions, and I make some comment on local things. And uh, I saw one of our church members' names come up. And his name, named in connection with his work. I'm not going to tell you his. He's named in connection with his work. And there were two comments which came on afterwards from feeds and they were both very positive. Very good and very reasonable. A nice man, excellent service. I thought, isn't that good? This person is walking worthy of the Lord in their everyday work. It's in keeping with the prayer. And isn't that what we want for one another? You might walk worthy of the Lord 
in your sixth form, at the family gathering, as a school governor, at the checkouts, walk worthy, fully pleasing to the Lord. That's what he wants, this is what he prays for. In life's direction, be fruitful. Carrying on in verse 10. Fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit, again how expansive, in every good work. He doesn't want them to be so um, private and so separate that they have no impact. He wants them to be fruitful. Now we have a, a plum tree in our garden and it's, it's a lovely gift and we, we like plums and we got a few last year. This, this year, uh, perhaps it's because of the lack of rain we had through the summer. Uh, maybe it's probably perhaps due to our own lack of diligence in, in, in one way or another. I, I looked at the, the plum tree and there were there's a few nearly plums which we didn't pick and then I looked at a later stage and it was just one plum, one plum that was left and I didn't get around to picking it that day and that plum's gone so we had no fruit from our plum tree this year and as Paul thinks of these Christians he doesn't want them to be like that he doesn't want them to be a fruitless tree he wants them to be a fruit laden tree he wants them to be fruitful in every good work what does that mean? well perhaps it means he wants them to be full of the fruit of the spirit love, joy, peace and so forth through that wonderful list of nine characteristics he wants them to be full of that he wants them to be fruitful in terms of telling others the gospel and of that having an effect in the lives of others He wants them to be fruitful in just their practical actions of usefulness on their neighbours and around them and in their community. He wants them to be fruitful in every good work. What a wonderful thing it is when Christians are fruitful and useful and making an impact. That's a good thing to be praying for, for your friend, your Alex person good thing to be praying for, for yourself. He has another thing to do with life's direction and that is to know God better. To know God better. The last part of verse 10. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So, the Lord is concerned about our actions, being fruitful and worthy, but he's also concerned about our minds. He knows that uh, what's going on in our minds actually works out in our actions. He knows that there is so much more to know. Not of lots of speculation and airy-fairy thoughts which seem to be what were coming on to some of the Colossian Christians. No, what they needed to know more of, especially was God himself, increasing in the knowledge of God. Who better to know than God? Who better to know better than God? To have deeper 
awareness, understanding and convictions about who God is, which is just a a massive, ongoing, delightful project. For that to have a sense of relationship about it, as the word knowledge in the Bible so often does, that a, a, a growing awareness of God, which isn't just cold and distant and technical, but which is a living relationship with God. So much of our life falls properly into place when we know God, when we know him well, as we know him better. So it's good to be in his word, it's good to be saturated with truth, it is good to be knowing God better. And uh, it's a delightful thing to be praying for for others as they go through life. It's a great thing to be wanting for ourselves. So there are four of things in terms of in life's direction. Choose wisely. Pick the right mushrooms. Walk worthy, including your daily work. Be fruitful. A laden plum tree. Know God better. But he continues his prayer and his eye goes from um, their general direction in life to concerns about not so much in life's direction but in life's difficulties. I think that's how we could understand the rest of the prayer. In life's difficulties. Maybe the friends you've got in mind that you're thinking about what you pray for them for uh, up against it at the minute. Maybe they wave after wave of uh, difficulty in their life. Well, what do, we, what do we want for them as they face that? Um, what, do, what do we want for our, ourselves as we face our difficulties? Well, he prays a couple of things for them about facing life's difficulties. He prays for strength. So we're in verse 11 now. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. You see, it's expansive, isn't it? May you be strengthened with all power for all endurance and patience. One of our great needs, one of the great needs of others is strength. And don't you often feel that? When you're under the strain, they say, Lord, help, I'm struggling to cope. Look how much strength is available. Seems as though power might have been one of their buzzwords as well. He tells them about the power which is available, not in some spurious way, But as we face life's difficulties, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. How much is available for ordinary Christians in the power and help and support of God as they face the bumps of life? That you might be strengthened for all endurance and patience. So it's, it's not just for the difficult days. Strength for the difficult weeks and the difficult months 
sometimes the difficult years. Endurance and patience with difficult circumstances and with difficult people. Maybe it's uh, difficult colleagues at work. Maybe it's constant pain in walking. Maybe it's sleep difficulties and their consequences. Maybe it's being picked on because you're a Christian. Maybe it's your deep concern for a child who is just going through the mill and it's sort of wrenching your own heart. Maybe it's all five of those things. And us and others in facing life difficulties need strength to endure with patience. And God in his power is able to give grace and strength and help for those going through such things. In life's difficulties, he prays for them to have thankfulness. Thankfulness is a a regular note in this letter, we shall realise. But it's here particularly in verse 11 and 12. The end of verse 11, with joy, could be with patience, but I think it's probably with the giving thanks, so let's start there. With joy, giving thanks to the Father. A thankfulness even in difficulties. How can that be, that there's thankfulness even in difficulties? Because it's things that are, if you like, separate from the difficulties, over and above the difficulties, that last beyond the difficulties. They're to give thanks because of what God has done for them. And then what follows is a stunning couple of verses for them to drink in and for us to drink in of what God has done for believers. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Well, the the great hymn of praise goes, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. And here we have something similar. Qualified, delivered, transferred, forgiven. Something to take in. They're a message all on themselves. Qualified. For what? qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You feel second rate as a Christian? Others have told you are, told you you are. But if you're a believer, you're qualified. You've got the certificate. You don't need an advanced test. You're accepted. You're with the saints. You have the same inheritance ahead of you. You're qualified. Delivered. From what? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. That sounds a bad place to be in, but you're not there anymore. You don't come under its influence. You haven't got its future. Transferred to what? 
transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Well, that sounds so much better. And that's where you are if you're a believer. And how has he done that? Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Each could be thought about, spent time on. But uh, part of the sum of it is this. When you think about those things, you're thankful. And you can even be thankful for them through the rough times and the tough times. So it would be a good thing for the Colossians. It would be a good thing for our Christian friend. It would be a good thing for us in life's difficulties to experience, to be given by God a spirit of thankfulness. So this is what Paul prayed, framed in prayer. He prayed for these things. And I hope it helps our prayers on our own and together. On Thursdays, we have a prayer meeting usually here. Maybe you've never thought of coming. Or maybe you've got out of the habit of coming. Well, you're very welcome to come. They're great times together. We've got one this Thursday and I'm thinking that we might use some of these things to sort of spill over into our prayer time together. This week we're also going to have a period of it in smaller groups. Not everyone likes praying in a a bigger meeting. Uh, But when we divide into smaller groups, you still don't have to pray, you can just listen to others, but we're hoping to divide into smaller groups, maybe ten or so, and people can pray about more individual things. You're very welcome. We want this sort of message to fuel our, our prayers individually and as a church. But it's not just praying for others. What Paul has told them, what God's word has told us, set some priorities, some things that are valuable, some things that we need. So it's not just what I'm praying for you or what I'm praying for Alex. We look at this message to think what I need for myself, what we need for ourselves. These are things that God delights in and are good for us. And so as it's affected my prayer life, the last few days, that's one of the perks of having to speak on subjects like this. You drink it in, you think about it. But I'm also hoping that it goes away and your, your prayers for others will be different and you'll be praying for these things for yourself too. Well, we've got a closing hymn, and it's a closing hymn I like very much, closing song. It's Christ Be In My Waking. Uh, I love it because it's every day um, walking with Christ. It's really a prayer to walk worthy of the Lord, which we came across. Um, It's a bit individualistic, considering what I've just looked at. Christ be in my waking, as the in my day of working. So, as you sing it through... Um, I want you to be mindful of of others as well. You might even want to change the words. Christ be in our waking, in our day of working. Uh, But even if you don't change the words, be thoughtful, pray it for one another as a closing hymn after this message.
Lord, we pray that we may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that we may walk in a manner worthy of you, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in your knowledge. May we be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to you who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved Son, through whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen.